I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Are a different story. Membership starts at $9.99 a month. Sign up now and get 10% off. Go to lifelock.com and enter promo code LIFELOCK. Traffic and weather together begins live in the KSL Traffic Center. Here's Jared Algo with the latest from the KSL Traffic Center. Jared? On crash on I-215's west belt out there, about 30th south, right before you get to Franklin Covey. That's all off to the right shoulder, but you will see it as you pass by it, not creating any delays out there. Also, good speeds, I-15 here in the Salt Lake Valley. No delays on I-80 up the canyon or headed out west. Utah County, actually in great shape right now. Not seeing any delays or crashes on the side streets or freeways. Davis and Weber County also moving along at good speed. Save up to 85% during Deseret Books winter clearance sale. Hundreds of items, cookbooks, movies, CDs, home decor, and more. Today, Platinum members earn double points. Deseret Book and DeseretBook.com. I'm Jared Auger in the KSL Traffic Center. Thanks, Jared. And checking your weather. Areas of high pressure over the west, keeping the mountains and southern Utah in the clear with mild temperatures. But that mild air is trapping our air in the valleys. More low clouds, fog, and smog for the Wasatch Front. Temperatures in the 30s. We're still hoping for a front over the weekend, which should bring some improvement with the air quality and will help to warm the valleys as well. Right now, we have... 30 degrees at two at 12.07, rather. You get the top stories every 30 minutes. Breaking news the second it happens. I'm Mary Ellen Geis, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM, 1160 AM, Utah's news, traffic, and weather station. The governor answers your questions. Utah's most important issues on Let Me Speak to the Governor. We so appreciate you being with us today, and we appreciate Governor Gary Herbert joining us here in our studios today. Governor, welcome. Thank you for making the time. Well, thank you. Where would I rather be than hanging out with you, Doug? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) You know, we were talking just prior to going on the air, I think in light of Officer Barney's uh, death, and you look at even the accident that we had just so very recently, individuals who have been out and they have been on parole or they have supposed to have been in rehab centers. As we try to reform the criminal justice system, Governor, how do we, at the same time, we try to introduce these people back into society and give them every opportunity, but how do we protect the citizenry? Well, it's a delicate balance, frankly, as we try to find the right punishment mechanism to punish those who have uh, you know, broken the law? And what do we do to help rehabilitate people that have issues that maybe contribute to their criminal behavior, like substance abuse? Uh, 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 and it can be whether it's alcohol or whether it's other kinds of drugs and substance. Mental health, you know, what do we do to help those people? We just lock them up and put them behind bars? That was what we did, you know, ages ago. But that's probably not productive either. So we've kind of got this balance of let's punish people, particularly the violent offenders, and keep them locked up behind bars. But the nonviolent offenders, we want to see if we can't rehabilitate and, and find what the underlying cause is and, and help them transition back into society. That's what our treatment centers are about. Uh, my concern is that uh, there's not 
uh, the appropriate oversight and making sure that those who are in treatment centers are following the rules. Mm -hmm. And that's the concern I've got. And uh, again, I want to make sure that we appreciate those who are involved with law enforcement. You know, the 99% of all those out there are doing it right. And it's a tough job. And um, I don't want to deflect in any way that the responsibility of the death of Officer Barney was the per- uh, perpetrator. He was actually he had two warrants out for his arrest at the time. So right. we're trying to get him off the streets, and he's the one that's culpable. He's the one that's responsible. Nobody else. That being said, uh, it, we have heightened concern. Uh, particularly not only the Fortitude Treatment Center, but any other treatment center out there that's trying to transition people back into society. And let's just have a review. Let's do an audit. And we'll hold people accountable if there's been a dereliction of duty. Uh, and there'll be uh, whatever the necessary uh, discipline would be, including uh, termination. But I don't want to jump to any conclusions. I just want to say let's see what we can do and find out if we can improve and get a better outcome, making sure that the public safety is our number one concern. This is your chance to talk with Governor Herbert. That's what this program is all about. Let me speak to the governor, and our phone lines are wide open for you at 575-8255. That's area code 801 575 Eight two five five. There's so many things that uh, I would love to bring up, but the program is here for you. Although we did have a texter just prior to you walking into the studio, Governor, if and I could just uh, share that with you. And this individual said, Governor, right after the economic downturn, police and fire retirement system was gutted. Are you in support of restoring the previous retirement system to help retain good public safety personnel? Currently, our good firefighters and police officers are going to other jurisdictions out of state because they have the the better benefits and retirement. Well, on a bigger perspective, I just met yesterday with Deborah Cragen, who's over our HR department, and had some discussions about state employees. We want to make sure that we attract and retain uh, the best and brightest people in state government, in education, in, in every aspect of where we, the taxpayers, expect to get a benefit. And certainly uh, when it comes to our law enforcement people, our, our firemen, our, our police, my father was a fireman. I understand that aspect probably better than others. And uh, certainly the salary we pay them has got to be commensurate with the responsibility that they take upon themselves. And attracting them is the first thing, and then also having them to retain, making sure that they say, you know, I can make a career out of this, uh, do my uh, time in, in, in a very stressful environment, and then have a retirement. So finding that appropriate balance is always a challenge for the HR department. It should be based on market, uh, meaning what the market uh, says is warranted for this kind of job and this job description. That's the same for all of our state employees. And certainly we are acutely aware of making sure that we attract the best and brightest, the most talented, into a very difficult uh, profession of law enforcement, firefighters, and make sure they're being paid fairly and that they have an adequate retirement to take care of them once their service is done. Let's take a phone call from Provo, Utah. And, Al, you're on the line with Governor Herbert. Oh, good afternoon, Governor. Good afternoon, Al. Anyhow, I read where in the news where one of your predecessors, former Governor Mike Levitt, who I admire as I do you, anyhow, he is proposing to the legislature that they spend more tax dollars for foster care foundation. And my question to you, Governor Herbert, uh, what is your position on the subject? Uh, they currently have a $2.7 million budget, and, and I'm just wondering 
will Utah's budget sustain any increase such as he is proposing, or should we just keep it as it is? Well, the challenge we face during the 45-day session is really how do you prioritize the finite numbers uh, of dollars that we have out there. And and so that's the challenge the legislature faces each and every year. It's their number one responsibility. And there's a lot of demands on the money, uh, good programs and good ideas uh, that need some resources to make them come to, to pass and fruition. I do believe that one of the areas we need to do as much good as we can is that's early intervention. Uh, make sure our young people get taught good principles and good values, get a good education, so they can become the leaders of tomorrow. I mean, the rising generation we talk about are these young people. And unfortunately, not everybody comes from, you know, a a wonderful uh, home life, and hence the need for foster care. People who really love children say, I can help out. And as we have to on occasion, unfortunately, it's rare, but on rare occasion, we have to take uh, young people out of a, their natural parents' home and put them in foster care. And these foster parents really uh, are a godsend. And we have story after story, a testimonial of the great work that's being done by our foster care parents and helping uh, rescue our young people and put them on the right track to a productive life. So I would hope that we wouldn't shortchange uh, this program. Uh, $2.7 million is not a lot when you compare all the things we're putting money into. And so I think we ought to be able to fund it and fund it adequately. I, I think Governor Levitt is right, and particularly as we invest money in what we would call our seed corn, we'll have a, a good bumper crop of leaders with this rising generation uh, tomorrow. So let's not leave any child behind and make sure that we fund foster care adequately. Let's take a brief break. At this point in the program, let me speak to the governor, an opportunity to for you to speak directly to Governor Gary Herbert. Our number is 801-575-8255. More of Let Me Speak to the Governor coming up in just a moment. It's time for the Sportsman's Vacation and RV Show. The RV show you've been waiting for, February 18th through the 21st. RVs, adventures, sports, and more. ABC4Utah and Utah CW30 invite you to the most exciting buying event of the year at the Southtown Expo. Find the RV of your dreams with special show financing. You'll see the largest selection of 2016 motorhomes, fifth wheels, travel trailers, pop-ups, campers, toy haulers, trucks, RV accessories, and more. Book your hunting, fishing, and travel destination. Learn from fly-tying experts. Register to win a guided fishing trip at RW's Fishing Lodge in Alaska. Outdoor gourmet cooking with Chef Brian and Dutch oven cooking with Bacon Bill, hunting dogs, and more. It's all at the Sportsman's Vacation and RV Show, Thursday, February 18th through Sunday the 21st at the Southtown Expo. Tickets at utahrvshow.com. Kids 12 and under are free. Tammy's blood boiled. How dare they not let her on the cheer squad? She could totally cheer as good as those other girls, especially Mara. Well, Tammy would get her revenge. She found Mara's car and her brand new cheer uniform was hanging right in the window. She reached in and stole it. Then the theft was covered thanks to a farmer's agent cheer burglar january 19th 2014 talk to farmers we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two we are farmers a fresh set of wiper blades should wipe through just about anything which means you can drive through just about anything with maximum visibility like polar vortex blizzards torrential downpours and even bug infested backcountry side roads 
gotcha. With our help, you can always fix your car with confidence. Hoods up, America. See clearly what your tax refund could do and save at AutoZone. Get a $10 AutoZone gift card by mail when you buy two Rain-X Quantum Wiper Blades. Must buy two. Restrictions and details in store. Get in the zone. If you're thinking about buying a water softener, I want you to call Kinetico for their free consumer guide before you make any decision. If you think you need to replace an old softener, if you're not sure how to purchase a new water softener, if you're concerned about being taken advantage of, whatever the case might be, maybe you're just sick of packing your six to seven bags of salt to your car from your car into your house to take care of that old inefficient beast down in the basement. The Kinetico system will require about a third of the salt that a regular system uses, so give them a call. Call Kinetico today at 801-576-8600. And at this time of year, boy, with dry and itchy skin, a great soft water system will make all the difference. As a matter of fact, I just called Kinetico the other day to have them put the system in our new home. We were spoiled rotten at our old home. We had it for about seven years. So I picked up the phone just like you will and call 801-576-8600 and talk to Kinetico about your soft water system. An LDS church mission is a life-changing experience for a young man or woman. Don't let finances keep it from happening. Deseret First Credit Union has a special savings account that will help your future missionaries serve and focus on the things that are truly important. It's called the Mission Savings Fund. The Mission Savings Fund from Deseret First Credit Union pays a higher rate than regular savings accounts, allows anyone you choose to make unlimited deposits for any amount, and is designed for long-term savings. Save as much as you want, when you want. Set up a mission savings fund today at Deseret First Credit Union for your children, grandchildren, anyone you know and love who plans to serve a mission. Call or visit a branch or apply and sign online at dfcu.com. The Mission Savings Fund from Deseret First Credit Union, serving the LDS community. Membership and eligibility required. Federally insured by NCUA. Reach out to Governor Herbert. Text 57500 or call him at 801-575-8255. It's Let Me Speak to the Governor. And the phone lines are wide open for you. It is a great opportunity for you to speak directly with the governor of the great state of Utah, Governor Gary Herbert, here in our studios. And, Governor, we have a phone call from Farmington, and Richard is on the line with you. Hey, Richard. Hi, how are you today? Very fine, thank you. I, I have a twofold question. But my question was, I'm in a class called Friends for Life, which I think everybody should do. Everybody, or be in school especially. But on top of that, it's marijuana law that's being looked at. I don't want to send up like Colorado. I really want it more controlled. Is that a possibility that some of these laws are going to control it so we don't have to wide open, throw it all out there for it? Well, I think that's the intent. I've talked with Governor Hickenlooper over in Colorado, and he has reservations about his own state and the proliferation of recreational marijuana and its unintended consequences. I think what we have here in Utah going on is a meaningful dialogue as far as the medicinal purposes and uh, uh, possibilities with uh, marijuana, uh, the marijuana of the plant, and uh, I, I've, as I've said before, and I think most people agree, let's do some research, let's study it out, let's find out what the truth is, not just by anecdotal story, but by actual science and research. That means that not only the state needs to do some work, but it also means the federal government has got to allow it to happen. 
And part of the challenge we face today is the federal government's really turned a blind eye and is really not out there cooperating and allowing the, the necessary research to be done. So I'm hopeful that this dialogue and this discussion we're having will lead to better cooperation with the state and the federal government to get us the science uh, behind it so we know what we're doing. And lastly, it should be a controlled substance. I, I certainly have empathy for those who say they're finding relief from marijuana for whatever health ailments they have. But we want to make sure it's a controlled substance, means that it's prescribed by a doctor and administered by appropriate authorities, and we have some understanding of what the quality is of the of the medicine and what the quantity is, and so it's not going to be misused uh, by somebody, a self-medication. We don't want to follow into the trap of uh, what they're doing in California either. So I think we're on the right road. I know there's uh, we're anxious to finally get a resolution to this. And I think that the legislature is going to take a methodical approach and get this done. And, and I would expect that something will come out of the legislature that will put us on this pathway forward to really ascertain the medicinal purposes and results uh, based on science of the marijuana plant. There are two pieces of legislation, uh, Senator Madsen's bill, which, by the way, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, came out uh, opposed to, fearing the unintended consequences that you mentioned, Governor. And then we also have Senator Vickers and Brad Dawes' uh, bill. Uh, Senator Vickers is also a a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. Any uh, one or another of those bills that you think has the more potential well, there's parts about both of them that I think are worth supporting. Uh, there's probably some issues that cause concern, too. And, again, the unintended consequence of all legislation is one that we always talk about up on the Hill. And this is one that's a little more high profile because it's medicinal marijuana. But a lot of legislation we pass and wonder, what is the unintended consequence of this piece of legislation? Um, that being said, I you know, the LDS Church has come out. Uh, I... I don't know how much impact that has on the legislature, particularly on this issue. I recall that last year the same bill was introduced and did not pass. I think the Senate and the House members are being very careful about this, wanting to make sure that they get this right and do not, in fact, have a, an, an unintended consequence that they're going to uh, regret. So uh, I, I will just have to wait and see what happens. I know there's going to be healthy debate, and I know there's people out there that are very anxious about this. I, I've met with some of the families that say they're getting relief. I have a daughter, or a sister rather, that has a daughter that's uh, had some benefit from the cannabis oil bill that was passed before to help with seizures. Mm -hmm. So, again, I, th I think we need to find out what the science is and, and then address it based on good science, not just anecdotal story. Governor, we've had several people text in and several people who have asked about some of the liquor issues in the state of Utah. And uh, one of our texters wanted to know how you felt about uh, what is still referred to by some as the Zion Curtain, but the partition that would somehow uh, make it uh, where you could avoid seeing a drink being mixed. And someone else wanted to know about new liquor stores and that that is mm -hmm. not in, in the budget. Well, uh, one, I think our, uh, we have room for improvement with our liquor laws, and I think you're going to see some improvement uh, even this session. Uh, the tasting requirements, the leveling the playing field, uh, some other issues that need to be taken care of, I think will make it more uh, uh, market-friendly. And so I think uh, our liquor laws actually are, are, are moving and evolving in, I think, good ways that the public uh, should appreciate. 
and that being said, you know, I think there is discussion points as far as should we tear down the Zion Curtain, as we say. Uh, it depends on what we get in, re- in replacement for that. For example, I think we need to have more emphasis on uh, stopping underage drinking. If we're concerned about alcohol abuse, that starts usually at a young age. I've been to the 4th Street Clinic and talked with many of the people there that are just picking themselves up and getting off the streets and going through some significant rehabilitation. And I said, well, I'm glad to see this and these remarkable people. But what caused you to fall off the cliff in the first place? Invariably, with each one of them, uh, probably 90% is some underage abuse of alcohol or drugs. Some have talked about marijuana, which became a gateway for them. So, I mean, those are the issues that we need to address, and I think we'd be better off spending money there on uh, awareness and education of the pitfalls of underage uh, drinking and substance abuse issues, and that's something we could do in our schools. I also think we probably need to have more uh, law enforcement. I, I don't like what we found this past year where our DUI incidents have gone up. We've been a leader in the nation in, in reducing DUIs and, and having less accidents on the roads uh, because of alcohol. Uh, so I'm a little concerned about that. Those are some areas that at least are more top of my mind of where, what we can do, whether or not we have the Zion Curtain. Uh, you know, I think these other areas would probably have a higher priority for me. There was a quick uh, follow-up text from one of our, our listeners who said, by not uh, allowing more liquor stores, is that hurting Utah's economy because it's such a revenue source for the state? Well, uh, it doesn't seem to be. <laughs> you know, our economy is just doing really well. Uh, we're the number one best place for business in America. We've been listed as having the best upward mobility of any place in America in the world. We have the largest middle class of any place in America from Ogden to Provo. Uh, our, uh, we just had a Gallup poll that came out here just yesterday uh, where they polled the people of the respective states, and 84% of the people of Utah believe that our economy in Utah is excellent. Excellent. 83% think it's even going to get better. So the optimism and what the people sense out in the marketplace is reflective of a really healthy economy. Uh, that being said, you know, I think we need to at least have some reflection of the marketplace with outlets. I know we're having some problems. Some of our cities that don't want to have a liquor store in their, uh, on their streets or only in certain locations. And, and uh, I understand maybe some of the concerns they have there. But I think we can get it right. And I really do uh, feel good about the alcohol beverage control people and the, who are sitting on the board there to make those right decisions. And whatever the decisions they make, we need to uh, fund appropriately. We have Jason who is joining us from Draper, Utah. And Jason, you're on the line with Governor Herbert. Uh, hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, Governor, doing a great job in Utah. I've lived for my whole entire life, 43 years, and I tell you, it's, it's as the guy said earlier, it's never been better. So thank you. Well, thank you, Jason. Here. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I want to stay here in the state and stay in the valley, but I'll tell you, my uh, my throat is killing me. I have a horrible headache because of this pollution. Um, my question to you is, I just I want your, your take on this. Again, I'm not a scientist, but uh, what if we had certain cities that had fans? <laughs> and whether it was Draper, where I live, uh, Magna, Salt Lake County, or what have you, that mixed this air. If we had these big, big fans that could blow up in the sky, and I know it sounds odd, have we ever talked about something like that to mix the air artificially to get this stuff out of the valley? You know, Jason, that topic comes up much more often than maybe you would think. We are, we have people all the time say, if we could just get some great big fans 
and put them on top of the the ridges and kind of circulate the air and blow out the pollution. I don't know what the engineering uh, would require us to have there and the science and the meteorology. Uh, We certainly hope Mother Nature comes in and blows it out. But I expect these would be very, very big fans. And it may not be practical because of the size. We have people complain about our our wind uh, mills and our our wind uh, uh, pl- uh, plants out there that we have in our uh, wind farms, uh, getting in the way of birds and and uh, killing them and and kind of having visual pollution because of, they don't like these windmills out there. But um, it, it's certainly something we're looking at. I do note that there's a professor at the University of Utah. I've just learned about Professor Mitchell, who's putting uh, air quality monitoring devices on our tracks, on our UTA trains to see, you know, the, the difference in what happens in Murray compared to what happens in downtown Salt Lake or what happens up by the university. And we find there's different areas of pollution. It's a really a complex issue. It's not as simple as people know. But here's what we do know. Over half of the pollution we see out in these gunky days out there caused by the inversion comes from the tailpipes. So whatever we're going to do, we can't just say, well, it's their problem. It really is our problem, and all of us have a role to play. That's why I'm pushing so hard to get Tier 3 fuels. If we can get Tier 3 fuels in the pumps, uh, we'll have the biggest reduction of pollutants in our airshed of anything we can do, certainly for the cost to the benefit. It's, it's remarkable. So working with our refineries, we're trying to bring it in. Tesoro said they're going to bring that in. So, boy, as soon as they get it in the pumps, let's all go out and buy their gasoline. That will force the other refineries to join suit and uh, follow them in that lead. Um, but we all have a role to play, industry, which is spending hundreds of millions of dollars. But let's not forget us who are driving our automobiles. We're contributing to over half of the pollution we see out on those gunky days. Governor Gary Herbert here in studio. Let me speak to the governor. We'll continue after we take a break here at the bottom of the hour for our news. The number to call is area code 801-575-8255, so you can talk with Governor Herbert. Our Mary Ellen Geist is standing by in the KSL 24-Hour News Center with our lead story. And thanks, Doug. KSL's top story this hour, as you've been hearing on KSL, it's developing news. It is finally over. After hours of live stream negotiations, David Fry, the last of the occupiers at a wildlife refuge, has finally surrendered. Here's what some of those negotiations sounded like. And I think you have two options, David. You can walk out of that room and continue this fight, or you can stay there and lose your voice. Hey, hello. And leave us us all hanging to fight alone without you. You can lose your voice and leave us to fight without you, or you can do what you need to do and and need us and continue to fight with us. Apparently, the negotiators' negotiators' arguments worked. Now, he had threatened to kill himself. He said he was armed with a gun, and he said he was fighting a war with the federal government. But he walked out peacefully. No shots fired. Three of the occupiers surrendered earlier today, but Fry stayed until a half hour ago. He said he was armed with a gun again and wanted to guarantee he wouldn't go to jail. No word on whether he's been arrested. We just got a statement from his father who says he's relieved it is finally over. Your voice, your vote, 2016. Donald Trump leading in the polls nationally, but former Utah Governor Mike Lovett says the real indicator of who's going to win the GOP nomination is in the delegate count. I'm not predicting this, but the makings are there for a very interesting finish where something quite unpredictable 
could occur. It's happened a number of times in history. Speaking on the Doug Wright Show, Lovett says as many as six candidates have the resources to stay in the race for months. If that happens, no one will have the needed number of delegates to be declared the winner entering the Republican convention. Our top local story, fog and slick roads in Utah County led to a crash involving a trooper's car. Sergeant Todd Royce says the trooper had pulled over with flashing lights and was sitting in his car when he was hit from behind. He was conscious, breathing alert when he left, complaining of some back and shoulder and some neck pain. He's a pretty tough trooper. And so if he's saying he's in pain, he's, he's really in pain. Sergeant Rice says four patrol cars have been hit in Utah County in the past weeks. Coming up on KSL News Radio, the fog is causing more than just bad driving conditions. Will the polluting inversion end anytime soon? We'll check your KSL weather forecast coming up next. KSL News Time, 1233. Hi! Hi, welcome to Tom and Tim's Total Tire Shop. I'm Tom and Tim. Yeah! <laughs> I think my car has the flu. Really? It's coughing and wheezing. Let's go take a look. Well, I can see the problem right now. What is it? You need new wipers. What? Well, yeah. I thought I needed a safety and emissions test for my new tags. Well, I can tell just by looking at it. It's safe. Nuh-uh. Uh-huh. Nuh-uh. Why take your vehicles to Tunex? Since 1974, Tunex Complete Car Care Centers have specialized in automotive repairs, and they know what makes your vehicles run at peak performance. Oh, have you seen the new Acme tailpipe cleaner? What does a tailpipe cleaner have to do with safety and emissions? Now at Tunex, when you buy an emissions test, your safety test is free. What about a free hubcap blanket? Hubcaps need blankets. When you buy three, you get one free. I'm going to Tunex. In the neighborhood? Boyd is at the Riverton Tunex at 135th South and Bangorder Highway. Just look for the blue roof. Tunex. When the temperatures got down to the teens, many furnaces that were old, overworked, or just out of shape weren't up to the challenge and went kaput. Whipple Service Champions was there. We repaired and replaced furnaces and boilers in crawl spaces, attics, after hours, on weekends, and even in the middle of the night. They called 444-FAST and we came a-running. But no one likes to call a repairman in the middle of the night. Here are two easy solutions. Get a furnace tune-up now from Whipple Service Champions for only $49. And if it's time to bid fond farewell to the old bucket of bolts, we'll give you $2,400 towards a new one. Yay! Get the best furnace tune-up for $49 or take $2,400 off your replacement price. We'll be there come rain or snow or gloom of night. Oh, that's the mailman. Better yet, call us now and we can all get a good night's sleep. Whipple Service Champions, 801-444-FAST. Whipple, they come, eating troubles all gone. For emergencies, when you call today, we come today and night. And breaking news just in on KSL, the FBI has just confirmed that David Fry, the last of the Oregon occupiers, there were four there altogether, three of them uh, surrendered earlier today. The last of those Oregon occupiers has now been arrested. Now we have 16 indicted in that incident. We'll bring you more details as we get them. And now we'll check traffic. Traffic and weather together. Here's Jared Auger in the KSL Traffic Center. Jared? We have an eastbound crash on I-80 in Parley's Canyon right next to Mountain Dell Golf Course. Not seeing any real delays from this crash right now. Up in Davis and Weber counties, we're looking at good speeds on I-15. 12th Street in the Ogden area between Wall and I-15 is going to be a tad busy. Uh, down in the Salt Lake area, we're going to see Redwood Road busy uh, from, oh, man, gosh, about 2100 south all the way into Taylorsville. 5600 west, you're going to see some northbound traffic getting onto that 201 freeway and then I-15 from the point of the mountain all the way down through Utah County. We're looking at good speeds, no real delays. A little bit of traffic on State Street and Main Street, Lehigh, headed off over into the American Fork area. Don't miss Durden's Mattress and Appliance event this weekend. 
Brands you know at prices you'll love. At Durden's Appliances on 5th South in Bountiful. I'm Jared Auger in the KSL Traffic Center. Thanks, Jared, and weather. Areas of high pressure over the west keeping the mountains in southern Utah in the clear, but that mild air trapping air in our valleys. We have more low clouds, fog, and smog for the Wasatch Front today with temperatures in the 30s. And right now it is 30 degrees at 1236. You get the top stories every 30 minutes. Breaking news the second it happens. I'm Mary Ellen Geist, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM, 1160 AM, Utah's news, traffic, and weather station. What's your question for Governor Herbert? Call 801-575-8255. This is Let Me Speak to the Governor. And we have uh, just a little less than a half hour left for you to speak with the governor. So, boy, let's just get right back to our phone lines. And let's go to Jerry, who is joining us from Stansbury Park out there in Tooele County. Jerry, you're on with the governor. Hi, Doug. How's it going? Hey, Jerry. Hi, Governor. My question is, why do our Republican legislators on the Hill seem to literally hate teachers in this state and treat them with such disrespect? Well, I would disagree with your characterization. There may be a lack of appreciation, but I I know they don't hate the teachers. And as evidence of that, over the last four years, they've put over $1.326 billion of new money into education. And we're asking for another $422 million this year, which I expect that we'll probably be able to receive. It's going to go into our education system. I think we're putting the largest amount of money the last two years probably in the weighted pupil unit that's happened probably in a decade. So I think there's at least, if you say put your money where your mouth is, that would indicate at least support. I do think the rhetoric has been a little bit rough um, on all sides of the issue. I think there's a a lack of appreciation for the legislature for putting the money in and trying to help based with finite numbers and a unique Utah system with uh, higher birth rates. Uh, We have the highest in the nation. We have larger family sizes. And so if we took, you know, uh, one, we have about one more child for for a household. So if we took one child out of the classroom, we'd have a significant increase in our weighted pupil unit and how much we're spending per pupil. But I think on all sides, we need to have mutual respect and thank everybody for what they're doing. Our teachers are doing a remarkable job. Uh, the latest uh, NAEP scores show that our uh, our eighth grade test scores, for example, were 16th in math, were 10th in the nation in reading language arts, and we're 7th when it comes to science. Now, we ought to, our goal ought to become number one, and I think we need to, in fact, put resources into the system that will allow us to become the best education system in America. That ought to be our goal. We've increased our graduation rates by 9% since I've been the governor. Uh, our numbers now of those who leave high school and going into high, uh, into post-high school education have been the largest jump of any state in America. So we're getting good results, and we ought to understand and appreciate all the stakeholders and their contribution, whether it's the legislature that's funding it, whether it's the principals who have to manage the schools, the teachers who are delivering the classroom, our local school board, our state school board. Uh, you know, everybody has a role to play. And uh, I think as we come together and with mutual respect and understanding and more of a gratitude and a, a grateful heart, as you're suggesting, I think we're going to get a lot more accomplished. So I'm hopeful. 
I'm going to try to lead the charge on saying let's thank each other for the good work we're doing. We have respective roles that are different, but pulling together is going to get us up this mountain a lot quicker than pulling apart. Governor, do you believe there's anything to the conversation that we've had in various forms, but the latest form is Utahns consistently say that they would be willing to be taxed a little bit more if they were absolutely assured that it would go to certain aspects of education. There are those on Capitol Hill that are proposing, well, let's see if uh, Utahns put their money where their mouth is by putting it on the ballot. Well, we need to fund education appropriately. And again, I think we emphasize too much and we're too obsessed with how much money are we putting into the system as opposed to what are we getting out of the system. I just gave you the test scores and and the successes we're having uh, that we shouldn't say, oh, that's enough. That's close enough. We ought to be number one. And that's going to mean more resources. And we can either raise taxes which is one source, and maybe put a dampening effect on the economy, which is what happened in Illinois, for example. They, they raised taxes and had less revenue because they lost 100,000 jobs over six months. Uh, you can rob Peter to pay Paul. In other words, how you prioritize your finite bucket of money, which is what we've done to some extent. Or we've taken the approach, let's grow the economy. Let's focus on expanding this economy uh, to be the best in America. And it's happened. Nine out of the last 12 months, we're the best-performing economy in America today, that's allowed us to put significant additional resources. Now, we have unique challenges. We have to pay, spend about 65 to $70 million every year of new money just to break even, just to keep from having the classroom sizes become any, any larger. So we have unique challenges, but by golly, we're, we're getting pretty good results, and I think our future is bright. I think we're coming together in, in ways we've not done before with more mutual respect, more mutual understanding. And, again, we, we need to start pulling together instead of pulling apart because we haven't got any dollars to waste in this state. Terry has a question from Eagle Mountain. Terry, you're on the line. Thank you. Hello, Governor. Terry Johnson calling from Mountain Eagle Mountain. We appreciate the great job you're doing here. Well, thank you. retired military. And there are a lot of retired military who would love to come back to Zion and live here. But unlike um, many other states, uh, Utah taxes military benefits to the maximum. And there's many states who do not. I mentioned that to a member of your staff at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial that we had in the Capitol here a few months back. He yeah. said, yeah, we'll follow up, but I have not heard anything. But there's a lot of states who do not tax military retirement income, and Utah does. Well, I, I think it's uh, it's worth having the discussion. I probably at first blush, and first let me just tell you, thanks for your service, uh, Terry. We appreciate uh, your service in the military, and certainly during Vietnam, a difficult time in our country's history. And we can't thank you enough. And we need to, in fact, do what we can to put our money where our mouth is. And we've made a significant effort to help with all of our military people, particularly when they come back from being deployed around not only the country but internationally, some coming back from combat. Uh, We now are giving them credit for what they've learned in the military. For example, when I was in there, I was trained as a surveyor with an artillery unit, infantry. And if I was coming back today, I would have been given credit for that skill that I was taught in the military, and I could get a certificate to be a licensed surveyor. And we're trying to do that today to help uh, the transition from – uh, full-time military action to back into society and, and, and civil service. Uh, we're also trying to give uh, helping hands to get counseling. Uh, we are uh, head, uh, taking uh, direct on the problems psychologically. Our National Guard's people coming back, uh, PTSD, uh, suicide, 
and we're making that uh, front and center uh, topic of discussion to make sure that we're giving good counseling and helping people and that transition and helping there. Financially, we certainly have opportunities to help you with scholarship and, and, and help you get into school. But the idea of, of uh, you know, giving you an exemption on your income tax, that would be only the state portion. It's about about a $17 million fiscal note is what I've been told. That probably is the hurdle that we need to overcome. If we lose $17 million, where do we take it out of? Uh, but, I again, I think for our military, I think uh, there's only about 16 or 17 states that don't have or have not done this. And so it's it's maybe time to have that discussion and see if that's not an added benefit we can give to our military personnel as a way of saying thank you for your service. Let's take a brief break here on Let Me Speak to the Governor. There's still time to take your phone call. Kelly will be coming to you next. It's area code 801-575-8255. Let Me Speak to the Governor, an opportunity for you to talk with Governor Gary Herbert. Hi there. Welcome to JCW's. What can I get for you today? Hey, yeah, I'd like a ranch bacon burger in a combo with onion rings, please. Okay, got it. And for you, sir? Uh Uh-huh. I can't decide. There's so much. Oh, go for the Hawaiian burger. That thing's a humdinger. A humwatter? A hum... Yeah, it's a third-pound burger, and they pile a bunch of ham on it, and then top it off with a thick slice of pineapple. You know, JCW's. Quality and a lot of it. Now hurry up. Is he serious? Well, actually, all our burgers are one-third pound at JCW's. Humdinger, huh? Uh-huh. Guess he is. Okay, done. I'll take the Hawaiian, a grasshopper shake. Ooh, good choice. Fries. Hey, this is Chris from JCW's, the Burger Boys. Stop into any of our four locations today and experience quality food and service at its best. We are located at Thanksgiving Point in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, and our newest location in South Jordan. Come in and see why. At JCW's, we believe in quality and a lot of it. Okay, from the start. The acerola cherry. Alfalfa leaf, aloe vera, apples, asparagus, banana. Beets, bell pepper, broccoli. Blueberries, blackberries, cranberries. We make Texas superfood from 55 raw, vine-ripened fruits and vegetables. And then we add nothing. Pineapple, sweet potato, papaya, parsley. In a capsule or a powder, one daily dose of Texas superfood delivers the healthy benefits of 55. Count them. 55 fresh fruits and vegetables, and you can see them all on TexasSuperfood.com. Raspberry, spinach, the nutrients that we need on a daily basis. Thousands of people benefit from taking Texas Superfood every day. Shouldn't you be one of them? TexasSuperfood.com. Doctors, pharmacists, nurses, and your grandmother all recommend that you eat more fruits and vegetables every day. So if you can't, won't, or don't, Texas Superfood is made for you. It's borderline shocking how much energy I have. Join us on TexasSuperfood.com. 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 The world's most advanced hot tubs are made right here in Utah. New for 2016, Bullfrog Spas is proud to introduce X-Series, an all-new value-packed hot tub collection. X-Series is the latest addition to Bullfrog Spas' lineup of the most energy-efficient and low-maintenance spas in the world. Imagine celebrating Valentine's Day by soaking away your cares with loved ones in your very own Bullfrog Spa. The Bullfrog Factory is busier than ever, and with the X-Series now online, all overstocks and scratch and dents must be sold now to make space for these 2016 models already in production. All spas are on sale now through Saturday with huge discounts on all remaining 2015 and factory refurbished models. Save up to $3,000 off MSRP. Hurry into any Bullfrog Factory store in North Ogden, Layton, Orem, Bluffdale, Logan, or Holiday. 
Visit frogjello.com for promotion and location details. That's frogjello.com. Bullfrog Spas. Personal spas perfected. The governor answers your questions. Utah's most important issues on Let Me Speak to the Governor. Let me speak to the governor. An opportunity for you to talk with Governor Gary Herbert, who is here in our studios. And let's go back to our phone lines, Governor. And we have Kelly waiting to talk with you from Murray, Utah. Good afternoon, Kelly. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. I have a 15-month-old granddaughter that has been diagnosed with William. Sorry, it gets to me. She's been diagnosed with William syndrome. Uh, my call is in regard that they've got notification that in your 2017 budget, the uh, early intervention program that could help her with physical therapy and all the different therapies, the things that she's going to need, uh, is not going to be funded. Is, is that true? Is there any way to check on that? I well, yes, we can check on it. And, uh, Kelly, let me just say I, the challenges of life sometimes seem to be overwhelming. And I know with a young daughter uh, that has some de- developmental disorders, we need to find ways to help. And there's probably more than one way to help, uh, not only the public sector but the private sector. So let me give you my uh, constituent services line for you to call, and we will uh, deal with your unique situation directly. That's area code 801 538-1000. Ask for constituent services, 538-1000, and reference this uh, conversation on let me speak to the governor and we'll see what we can do to help you. The, the challenge generally, of course, on any program, there's a lot of good uh, needs out there that we need to see what we can do to help. And uh, government has a role to play. And early intervention, we all understand the, the, whether it's autism or Williams syndrome, uh, which I don't know too much about, or who knows, other issues out there. The earlier we can help get treatment, the better probably our outcomes and results are going to be. And, um, you know, we, we're concerned about education. We sometimes uh, forget about some of the health issues that early intervention will help too. We have significant charitable care out there. Our hospitals, Intermountain Healthcare, and others, even on the on the profit side of hospital healthcare, uh, give uh, help in charitable care. So, there's probably a way for us to help you. Uh, the budget, you know, is is the budget and what we're doing there. I need to research and see what the legislature is prepared to do and put into our early intervention programs. But uh, if you'll give me a call, we'll make sure we help you find a solution to your unique problem. Kelly, thank you for your phone call, and let me speak to the governor. In light of the news today, we've had several people text in. Uh, I don't believe we've had any callers who wanted to address this, but the the public lands, public lands initiative, uh, which is uh, being carried forward by primarily by uh, our first district congressman Rob Bishop, uh, the issue of a national monument, and so on. Some of the people that are out there in the headlines today, uh, allegedly fighting uh, for rights when it comes to the public lands. Where do we stand right now, Governor? And perhaps I could specifically ask ask you how concerned are you about kind of a last minute monument deal from President Obama? Well, I'm concerned. I think we all sit kind of on the edge of our seat worrying that that might happen. It would be disappointing and make us angry uh, to have one individual make a determination of, uh, you know, nearly two million acres 
is not right. It's not what the Antiquities Act was about. And this is an issue that should be addressed by Congress. We may be frustrated because of how slow they are in getting things done, but that's the appropriate way to do it. That kind of represents the will of the people, kind of the democratic republic that we believe in and pledge our allegiance to, and not just some kind of one-man dictator that says, I think this would be a good idea, and I don't care what the rest of the public thinks. So that causes me some concern. I do appreciate uh, the methodical approach that Congressman Bishop and Congressman Chaffetz and joined with Senator Lee over these last three years to try to find some compromise. And uh, I, I think they're legitimate. I think they're uh, genuine in trying to find a compromise. As uh, Congressman Bishop said, there's something here for everybody to like, something for everybody to hate. That's called compromise. I find it disingenuous and disappointing that some of those out there before – this is just a discussion document, by the way, so it can be changed and modified. So let's have the discussion. Let's have a frank and open and honest discussion, see if we can have, find compromise. But the people out there saying, oh, the state wants to privatize the land. We're going to sell off arches. You know, that's just such a lie. And it does not help the dialogue. It just means that people have their own agenda, and they really do not want to find compromise and find a solution to this battle that's been going on in Utah for 100 years under Democrat governors as well as Republican governors. We, we've had it's, it's been a bipartisan frustration out there as far as how do we optimally manage the public lands. So um, I think we're on the right road. I think that the address, uh, the things that are being addressed in the public land issue gives us the best outcome. But as I've always said, there's three arrows in the quiver. Uh, negotiation, which we always are doing constantly. There's legislation to help bring that negotiation to law and find compromise. And then there's litigation. Uh, we will have to litigate some of these things because we cannot agree. Like our RS-2477 roads and rights away. Are they a road or are they not? We have a lot of county officials and others that say this is a road. Others say it's not. Well, if we cannot negotiate that out, which would be the hope, then we have to go to court to, to have the courts make the ultimate decision. So all those three arrows in the quiver are there, and, and we're going to use all three of them to, to resolve this issue. Governor, we've had several texts also on Medicaid expansion and how things stand. And as you observe what the legislature is or perhaps is not doing this year, are you confident that this donut hole of individuals who are real people, real citizens, real friends in the state of Utah are going to be able to get some relief? Well, this, too, is a complicated issue. It's not as black and white as some would like to make it. And uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, I meet with the legislative leadership on both sides of the aisle every week. And I think we will get something done. And my hope is that it may not be uh, the full loaf that I'd like to see us get, but it will be a partial loaf and hopefully help those who are most vulnerable amongst us, those in the gap. And it will help us in two areas. One, it will help us get data that we is our own. It's not what's happened in other states is what we're kind of looking at now. But what is really happening in Utah? Can we afford it long term? Is it sustainable? And it also will help us to see who's going to be in the White House in 2017. Uh, everybody seems to agree that the Affordable Care Act needs change. So the Republicans like to repeal it and replace it with something else. Uh, the Democrats say, hey, let's fix, modify, and improve. Well, those are very similar things. So I think there's an opportunity to get more flexibility uh, with a new administration and say that's not so personally vested in the exact Affordable Care Act and maybe get some amendments and waivers that will make it more sensible and more state-friendly. And uh, so I think on both of those fronts we'll continue to work. And I think by the end of this legislative session, I'm hopeful 
and, and optimistic that we'll have something that will help those people in the gap. Governor, before we have a, uh, a little bit of fun with some questions here at the very end, one person texts in, and this is really legitimate. They're saying, Governor, what is Tier 3 gasoline? Tier 3 gasoline is a new formulation of gas that when you burn it in your engine, it, it pollutes less out your tailpipe. It's just that simple. It's just cleaner burning fuel. We're going to have also with Tier 3 fuels also what will come on the scene is Tier 3 automobiles that they will burn fuels cleaner. So the combination of both those together will help us in a dramatic fashion to reduce the pollutants in our air. Now, this is probably the most important thing we'll talk about. Well, no, second. No, I don't want to jump to any conclusions. I just want to say, let's see what we can do and find out if we I'm can I'm not improve. quite sure what that well, was. Hey, that, who was that guy talking? That was, I don't know. Had a great voice, though. He <laughs> yeah. ought, to be, in, in ought to be in radio. He's got a face for radio. I know that. <laughs> this very well may be the second most important question. NBA trade, trade deadline coming up. Okay, what's your advice? From the <laughs> highest office in our state, what should the Utah Jazz do? Any prediction on what they should do? You know, do? I talked to Jerry West about this very thing. And the great Los Angeles Laker legend and a nine-time world champion, uh, and he said, "I like what the Jazz are doing. Young, they've they've drafted well." He says, "I think they're going to make the playoffs this year." So whatever they're doing, I think is working. Uh, I, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. If they can find some strength in some places, uh, you know, uh, go ahead. But I like what I'm seeing as they mature. Hayward's coming into his own. He's yeah. he's an all-star. And he's playing good in, in the clutch, which is good. And, uh, again, if they get all everybody healthy, I think they've got a pretty good nucleus to build on. We just have a second or two, and a lot of guys are going to have a heart attack when I mention this. But Valentine's Day. Look <laughs> at the calendar, guys. Don't forget Valentine's. <laughs> no, it's no, coming up. This is a biggie. I think it's okay. Sunday. So from, again, the governor of the great state of Utah, what works at your home? What should you do for your loved one for Valentine's? Well, everybody. I mean, I have the most wonderful wife. I can tell you my reelection campaign when we kick that in here later this year is going to be uh, reelect Gary Herbert for governor because you get Jeanette back as the first lady. <laughs> that is the best thing we've got going. She's a wonderful woman, wonderful wife, a, a wonderful mother, and an all-world grandmother. And uh, so I'm going to just treat her special, uh, and I should treat her special every day. She puts up with what I do in politics. But we, we'll, we'll have a get-together with friends and family on Valentine's, and, uh, and it's just uh, I'm just so fortunate. I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed to have such a wonderful woman for my wife. Governor, thank you for joining us today on Let Me Speak to the Governor, and have a, a great Valentine's Day. Thank you. Same to you, and say hi to Dee for us. I will. Thank you very much. It is 1258 here at KSL. You've been listening to Let Me Speak to the Governor. Uh, stay tuned, because the browser's coming up next. Has the performance of the stock market been worrying you? Hi, Rick Edelman here. Volatility can be unnerving especially if you didn't realize your investments could lose so much money or lose it so quickly. If you don't have the diversified portfolio you need, or if you're uncertain of what your strategy should be, now's the time to call us. At Edelman Financial Services, we advise more than 30,000 clients, and we've been doing this through turbulent times for nearly 30 years. If you didn't go through the crash of 87, the tech bubble of 2000, or the credit crisis of 08, no worries, because we have. Call us, and you can benefit from our experience. Our phone number is 888-PLAN-REC. That's 888-752-6742. Or visit us online at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. Advisory services offered through Edelman Financial Services, LLC. Securities offered through Sanders Morris Harris, Inc., an affiliated broker-dealer. Member FINRA, SIPC.
After years of sun exposure, does the increased risk of skin damage concern you? Actinic keratosis, or AK, is a potentially harmful skin condition due to chronic exposure to the sun. If diagnosed and treated early, complications can be minimized. AKs look like small, crusty, discolored, scaly patches of skin that may be raised, rough, or sensitive to touch. If you have at least five AKs in one or more of the following areas, you